So the big question is this. In these uncertain times, in this uncertain economy, how are some lawyers adapting their practices so they're not only surviving, they're thriving while others are folding under the pressure? We're talking to those lawyers and legal professionals to find out what's working, what's not, and what they're doing to stay on top. You're listening to Law in the Time of COVID-19. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the podcast. Now, if you've enjoyed the show so far, I would appreciate it if you took a quick moment and left us a rating and review wherever you get your podcast. Now, this podcast is powered by Law Pods, producing branded marketing podcasts for law firms. To bring your firm into the audio age, get started at lawpods.com. Now, we launched this podcast to help lawyers and law firms manage and overcome the stresses of practicing law and operating a business during this unprecedented crisis. And on each episode, we're going to be featuring experts, including managing partners, firm managers, marketers, and other experts from the legal field to shed some light on how this crisis is affecting them and the strategic steps they're taking to stay in control. Today, we're talking with criminal defense attorney Chris Conley out of Charlotte, North Carolina. How are you doing today, Chris? Great. How are you doing? I am well, and I appreciate you taking a few minutes uh, this morning to join us. So we'll jump right in. One of the things that I talk to a lot of people about is day one. And I know day one was a little different for everyone based on the state that they were in and when the restrictions started rolling out. But what did it feel like on day one for you when you realized that this was actually going to impact our day-to-day lives? Wow. You know, I've been practicing law for 30, going on 32 or so years, and I've been in private practice for about two-thirds of that since 1994. And I have literally never seen anything like this or even heard about anything like this in my career. Not even... I was the practicing lawyer in, on September 11th, and I remember we were in court on September 11th when we were hearing about the towers coming down, and we, you know, the court was closed for that day, but it reopened either the next day or the day after. I have never been in a situation where courts have been closed for weeks on end and closed indefinitely. As to day one, it was just flabbergasting as to how this is all going to play out. Nobody had any roadmap on how this worked out. I know lawyers who were in trouble. You know, they plan for the rainy day, but not for you know what's literally the rainy season. And they're thinking about how am I going to pay for staff and how am I going to pay my rent and pay my power and pay for my uh, you know web server, you know my internet firm and marketing firm and a lot of questions, a lot of fear out there. It was unprecedented. And I know this word has gotten overused quite a bit, but it's. It was literally unprecedented. It certainly, it can feel like it's being overused, but it really is a poignant word for the moment because so many people are stuck without, like you said, without a roadmap. There's frequently Mm -hmm. when things go wrong, we turn to our mentors who have seen it and been there and done it. But if, uh, if someone with your pedigree with over 30 years of experience hasn't seen it, there's not too many people that we can turn to right now. No, and there's not. And it's, uh, there wasn't even any planning for you. You couldn't say, well, okay, in a couple of months, courts will close down, so let me make some strategic moves and save a little money or get some affairs. Where it's literally one day the courts are open, the next day they're not. Yeah, so what you said, you said, you know, a lot of people are worrying about how are they going to deal with their staff? How are they going to pay the bills? 
I'm going to ask you the big question now. What are the next steps? What are the strategies that firms can be employing day to day to combat this crisis and keep their firms afloat? Well, I think the, one of the most important things to do is don't stop kicking yourself. There are a lot of lawyers I know who are kicking themselves in the butt saying, you know, why did I see this coming? How am I going to make it through? I'm an idiot. What did I do wrong? You didn't do anything wrong. Nobody saw this coming. And if lawyers are in trouble, you're certainly not alone. This too will pass. This is not going to happen to stay on forever. We will come back. It will be another court system. It's going to look a lot different when we come back. But things will eventually return. And as Rumi said, I think it was Rumi or King Solomon or somebody or some, some really smart person many thousands of years ago said, this too shall pass. And it will pass. But strategically, what I think we have to focus on is how we're going to get through this time. And a lot of questions were raised about what do we do about staff? And it, you know, early in the process, we had some federal legislation which talked about the payment protection, the PPP and unsecured loans and so forth. Those are great ideas, but they may not carry the day entirely. I think tough decisions are going to have to be made about what staff you're going to keep and what staff you're going to need when things return to normal and what the new normal is going to be. People are going to have to make decisions about, do I want to keep this person? Do I not want to keep this person? Is this person, as they say, kind of dead wood? Is uh, they've been a non-productive employee, and that there's time to it's time to let them go as I as I restructure when things come back. A question would have to be made about, you know, do I let this person go and I lay them off, and then when things come back, how easy going to be is it going to be to replace them when things come back? How long? It's kind of a balancing test. How long can I afford to hold them versus how long can how hard will it be to replace them when things come back? So it's a tough question, and you're going to have to really dig deep about how valuable is this employee. And for a lot of small-time practitioners, employees are like family. It's a tough decision. That person who was not particularly productive, they are like family to us, but it may be time for them to go because we really can't afford to keep them any longer. On the flip side, we may have somebody who's been really a great employee, and we're going to have to dig really deep to find the resources to keep them online. And it's going to hurt. But that's one one question I've heard raised about what I do with employees. And I think the, you know, the federal legislation answers some of that question, or at least bought us some time. But it's not the panacea. I think another question is going to be is, how do I stay in front of my clients during this time? And that's a great question. I think this is a an ideal time for lawyers to be looking into how to communicate with clients and keeping that website, keeping that social media presence, the Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever account you have, put it out there and keep it updated. I've seen a lot of good lawyers out there who are putting out posts probably every couple of days, if not more often. And it doesn't have to be anything about the law. It could just be something about you, your kids, or you, your pets, or silly pet stories. I'm posting something probably every couple of days about when I go out riding my horse and I put a video of riding through the woods. But it's all part of the process of keeping yourself out there in front of people so they know that you're still around. And also communicating that we, at least in North Carolina, we are considered an essential business and we can therefore stay open. So we're not having to close like restaurants are having to close or nail salons or, or hair salons. We, we can stay open, although we do have to 
honor social distancing and honor sanitation safeguards. So those are a couple of things. Is how do we address staffing issues and also how do we keep ourselves relevant? Short answers are you, know, you got to keep it out there. Email your clients, call them. Even if there's nothing going on, just, hey, I'm checking in with you. I'm still on top of your case. I know we got a court date scheduled for March or April and it's, it's going to get rescheduled, but I'm looking every week, every day for those court dates to get updated. People want to be know that you're still on the job. Yeah. One of the things you said resonated with me as well about posting on social media. Really, that's one of the things because I'm in the legal marketing world. I'm I work with clients who are the process of telling their story, you know, using a podcast. And that is one of the things I say over and over is you need to tell your story. Don't just talk about the law. Right. Because frequently mm-hmm. your client is probably having a problem, but at the same time, they're coming to you to determine if is this the person I want to work with? And right. letting them into your world a little bit, telling that story, opening yourself up is what is going to help them unlock and start to know, like, and trust you. So I think that that's a really good idea in this moment when people are reconsidering whether or not they need a lawyer right this second. I mean, the courts aren't mm-hmm. open. So even like if you know, you're a criminal defense attorney and tell me what you think, when someone has been charged, if they're not going to be going to court until August, I think there's a fair chance that they're going to say, maybe I'm going to wait until August. Right. And that is, a, that is a problem that a lot of lawyers are having is that clients realize that, you know, okay, that case that I got, that speed ticket I got, I've got a few months to figure it out. So there's a, a distinct lack of urgency among the customer base about whether or not even hire a lawyer. It used to be that, well, you know, clients would think, well, I got just got charged with something, so I should hire a lawyer now because I know I've got court next week and I want to plan a little bit ahead. They don't have that same problem right now. They don't have that same urgency of hiring a lawyer. So we're going to have to put ourselves out there. We also may want to tell clients that, this is actually a golden opportunity for us to work on your case because we can work on it uninterrupted. We can talk to witnesses. We can even talk with the DA. I have gotten really, really, really good deals in the last couple of months because the DAs know that they don't want, also don't want to get deluged with cases come July and August or June. So they're trying to get rid of stuff now. I've got some deals that, that I couldn't believe. I, I, I certainly would not have gotten them a couple of months ago. I had a guy with a pretty bad traffic record. I got him an improper equipment because, you know, the DA right now is looking to get clear their docket so they're not swamped come June, July, or August. The thing about communication with clients is that you have to model how the pilot talks to you when you're in on a flight and in turbulence. There's the two C's of communications. First of all, you have to communicate competence. You don't want a pilot coming on the on the intercom saying, uh-oh, we're really screwed here. We're going to, you know, we've got turbulence. I don't know what we're going to do. You know, start reading your Bible. You want a pilot who conveys confidence. I've got this under control, and we're going to handle this. We're going to go down a couple thousand feet, and we're going to handle it. We're going to get out of turbulence. You know, I've been there. I've done this. And, you know, I know how to get out of it. The second C is that you want to convey compassion, that I understand how upset you are. I understand how upsetting this is. I understand how you feel. We are taking care of it. So it's when a lawyer is communicating with a client, the two C's would have to be the the short version. The two C's to focus on would be compassion and confidence. I got this and I understand how you feel. There was a lot in there that I thought was really good advice, especially if you're a criminal defense attorney 
that is listening to this, I that's some of the best advice I've ever heard is now's the time to get in. There's a lot on that docket mm-hmm. and the DA is going to be really concerned about clearing it. And I can't imagine what court is going to look like for them on the next day one, the day one that things do start to open back up. So if you're able to get in and talk to your lawyer now and get some kind of deal worked out, I would expect now is the time to strike on that. That is great advice. And we also have the way to contact them. We have, you know, these DAs are not, they don't live in a vacuum. We've got their cell phone numbers. We have their email address. They know us. They know who the good lawyers are, who are not the good lawyers. The lawyers are going to keep their word. We can reach them in ways that the public can't. I think the DAs, I think the courts, the courts are pretty much closed, although they have a couple of hours where you can go to a window and try to talk with the DA. That's easier said than done. That line is long. They're not going to give you their, those DAs are hired. There's one DA doing the work of about 40, the other DAs. They're overwhelmed. They're not going to want to listen to the story. They're not going to want to hear about why you're driving so fast or why you did this or did that. We have access to the back channels that we can make stuff happen. And we know how to present it in a manner that is digestible for them. It's succinct. We know what they want, what kind of information they want. And that's not something that the general public has. Sure. And that's also something we could we can get done now while things are kind of precarious. Now, we've talked a little bit about changing your strategy for client acquisition. Is there anything else that you're doing to modify your approach to acquiring new clients? And then kind of a sub question on that. How are you dealing with clients who are struggling to pay their own bills on top of their legal fees? I think that could be answered in in the same answer in both those questions. And that's pretty much we have to focus on relationships, not revenue. Everybody's hurting now. There are a lot of people who are literally not working. They were living paycheck to paycheck, and that paycheck just evaporated. And that $1,200 you're going to get from the government, that's not going to last very long. So we have to focus on the relationships, not necessarily the revenue. So we can't push too hard about, well, you've got a fee balance on the case. Take what you can because you don't want this person getting ticked off at you and then they go elsewhere and you know they find another lawyer or they just get frustrated themselves. They get embarrassed and they get ashamed about the position that they're in and they just say, I'm not taking this phone call anymore and I'll go find somebody else come August or September. So focus on relationships, not revenue. But on the flip side, I know of lawyers who are saying that, well, I've got no money coming in now. So that case that just came in, I'm going to do it for a third of what I would have done later. Don't go for those quick fixes. Those quick fixes will come back to bite you in the butt as the months go on. That little, that fee that you get in on a deep discount right now is going to, that client is going to be the most high maintenance person in the world. They're going to sense your desperation, probably will not intentionally necessarily, but they will probably take advantage of it a bit. They're going to sense how desperate you are. And you'll be working that case for that discounted fee for many months to come. And you're going to be kicking yourself in the butt the whole way. And you're going to be hating life. And it's not going to be a good relationship. The client's not going to appreciate it. You're going to get tired of them. You're going to kick yourself in the butt for taking that fee. And, and I know that I've been there. I've done that. I've taken fees at a discount when times are lean. And I always kick myself in the butt about it six months down the road when I'm still trying to deal with that client. Yeah, I was just thinking like I was thinking about sitting in trial in six months from now going, what have I done? (laughs) What did I what did I get myself stuck with? (laughs) So 
some of the major concerns that lawyers are having, we talked about staff, but some are really starting to worry about losing their office space, not being able to afford contracts mm-hmm. for key hardware and software. What is your advice there? I would say that now is the time to renegotiate contracts. Your landlord is in much the same dire straits that you're in. They're worried about how they're going to fill this space. You can probably go to them, especially if you get a relationship with them, especially if you've been a good renter all along. Say, look, times are tight. My practice just evaporated overnight. You know, we went from having a gangbuster couple of months to nothing happening for an indefinite period of months. Can you help me out? Yeah, I can't speak for them. I don't know what kind of position they're going to be in, but I think if, you're, if you've are you been good all along and they're somewhat reasonable, they're going to say, well, okay, what kind of grace can I give you? Same thing with any other provider you've got, whether it's an internet provider or a marketing firm, whatever. They're not going to try to get rid of somebody who's been a good customer all along because this happened. This is, nobody saw this coming. And I think there's going to be a lot of renegotiation of contracts that happened in this time period. And I also think we're going to have to realize that our clients will be doing the same thing to us. They're going to say, well, look, you know, I had a great job at the bank or I had a great job at you know this restaurant and I just got laid off. I can't afford your fee anymore. What can we do? So we're going to have to make some tough decisions about how we're going to work with this person. We may want to say, okay, well, I know things are tight now, but pay a little bit of something just so you got some, so they got some skin in the game. And uh, you know, we'll work something out as courts get open. Well, it kind of circles back to the, the relationships, not revenue. Right. And I mean, just from a purely business perspective, I have to feel like there is going to be a lot of people in the same position because frequently when one sector kind of goes soft, another one can kind of pick up and grab those leases and, and will be ready to move in that direction. And I just don't think that's going to be the case when, you know, at the end of this, I think everyone's going to kind of be equally hurting and there's not going to be a sector that's able to step in and just take over those spaces. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, it's kind of like the stock market. A lot, pretty much all companies are down except for the ones that are doing delivery. I think it's going to be the same thing in the people business, which is what we're in. Everybody's going to be hurting and it's going to be some lean times going forward. We don't know what recovery is going to look like. We don't know who's going to be out of business, who's going to be able to start a business, who's going to be able to survive. So there's going to be a lot of uh, negotiating room. Now, there's a lot of firms out there that have been technology averse for many years, doing it really the old school way. And I think that they, they have been a bit exposed at this moment when a lot of people aren't willing to drive into the city and don't want to meet face to face anymore. And a lot are having to move to technology. What technology are you using, has your firm been using to stay in front of this? I'm an old dinosaur when it comes to technology, and I have gotten schooled in it pretty pretty much the school of hard knocks in the last couple of months. I have learned to do Zoom. I've learned to do podcasts. I've learned to do virtual consultations by phone, by FaceTime. That is the wave of the future. People are not going to want to come to your office for the most routine things. They're going to want to learn how to speak to you remotely. They want to pay you remotely. One system I've been using in the last few months called LawPay. That's a way of taking credit cards over the phone. You can do it over your iPhone or over an iPhone app. You can also send them a link. So I've been using that quite a bit. 
whatever keeps you out of that office, whether it's Zoom or LawPay or virtual meeting or phone remote meeting, that's where we're going in the future. And I think clients are going to like that. I think also lawyers are going to like it too, because it's a lot easier to talk to a client when you're sitting in your pajamas than it is to get dressed up and go down to the office. Absolutely. So technology will be key. Now, we've talked a lot about how coronavirus and this crisis has changed how we're operating now. What, and I'm going to ask you to kind of look into the future in your crystal ball here, what do you think the other side of this crisis is going to look like and what is the practice of law going to look like on the other side? I think that technology is going to be paramount. I think that we're going to be a lot leaner. We're going to realize that all that staff that we had and a lot of the overhead we had, we don't need. We may not need to have an office anymore. We may be able to get away with having a home office where we can meet with people remotely. Now, in doing so, you have to make sure that you've got the right kind of setting. I've heard all kinds of crazy stories, horror stories, or some of the funny stories about what happens when people have Zoom meetings at home and the kids are running around naked in the back. Or <laughs> there was that Spanish telecaster who <laughs> did a live broadcast from his living room and his uh, girlfriend was walking around in the background and she had no clothes on and <laughs> much of the surprise of the of his other girlfriend. So, you know, you got to make sure your background is appropriate and also make sure that you're dressed appropriately. And I think not only dressed appropriately is good for the client experience, but it's also good for your experience. If you try to do a conference call in your pajamas, you're going to have a different mindset than if you dress professionally and at least get a golf shirt on and a pair of khakis or there's a different mindset when you dress differently. So I would say, even though we're doing things remotely, honor the space, honor the relationship, make sure you're sitting in a place that's dedicated and appropriate for consultation, make sure you're dressed appropriately. You're going to feel differently. You're going to look differently. There's going to be a different vibe on that phone call when you have the space and dress appropriately and put it in an appropriate setting. Now, we've been talking predominantly about how you manage the business through the crisis. Do you have any tips that you're employing to manage all the competing problems of life that have also taken on additional layers of complexity? Well, everything's gotten more complicated. And I think as lawyers, we, we are competitive and we're perfectionists. Now is not the time to be either. You've got to take care of yourself. We're going to come out of this. We're going to be, there's going to be another side of this. There's going to be this two shall pass. And how are we taking care of ourselves? We think about when you go into a grocery store and there's a dented can or a bruised head of lettuce on the shelf, you're not going to buy that. Same thing for us. If we have been beating ourselves up for the last couple of months and not taking care of ourselves and not keeping our head on, we're not going to look so good in a few months from now when clients are looking to, to hire a lawyer. We don't want to be the dented can or the bruised head of lettuce on that shelf full of lawyers because we're not going to get bought. Nobody's going to be coming to us because we're going to look like we've been through the ringer. So I would say that one of the best things you could do is to take good care of yourself because we are the product that we're selling. So don't beat up on that product because no one's going to buy it. Take good care of yourself. Do yoga, do meditation, do scripture readings. Whatever works for you will keep you fresh for when that market returns. I've been reading about what some of the things that came out of other plagues and uh, did a little bit of quick research. In the plague of 1606, Shakespeare wrote King Lear and Macbeth. 
when Nelson Mandela was in prison for 27 years, he formulated his the way he's going to bring South Africa back. St. Patrick, he was also in slavery for a number of years, and he came back and restored his faith. Martin Luther King wrote a letter from the Birmingham jail when he was in there for 11 days. So these times of crisis are actually times when we can build a better world and make ourselves better. So take care of yourself. Do yoga, do tai chi, do meditation, do prayer, do all the above. Take good care of yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Because when this thing comes back, we have to be in our best shape ever. It's going to be a tough environment. It's going to be a challenging environment. You've got to have your head on straight so you can spot the new opportunities. So, And you're not going to, be able to do that if you've been spending the last couple of months beating yourself up. Well, that is fantastic advice, Chris. I appreciate it. And we're going to keep this podcast rolling into the new normal to see what that looks like and try to stay here and help lawyers on the other side of that. And I look forward to catching up with you again and getting your input when all that begins. But thanks again for taking some time out for us today. And before I let you go, if a lawyer wants to connect with you, where can they find you? They can call me on my cell phone. It's 980-263-8366. Again, 980-263-8366. I am coaching with lawyers either individually or in groups to do uh, consultant work about how to manage through this crisis as well as how to come out on the other side of it. So I'm available. I've got some slots available. I'd love to work with some people. And I definitely enjoyed the podcast. It's uh, another new skill I've been picking up is how to do a podcast. And it's a work in progress. Yeah, I'm all about the lawyers doing podcasts. It's fun for me too. I bet, yeah, yeah. It's a great idea. All right, well, I appreciate that, Chris. And uh, have a good one. Thanks so much. You too. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. For resources from the episode, go to the show notes in your podcast player or visit lawpods.com slash podcast. Do you know someone who's staying on top that should be a guest on the show? Submit their name to Let's Podcast at lawpods.com. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay profitable.